your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and today we're going to be breaking down the blues 4-3 4-3 loss against the Colorado Avalanche. A lot of good things to take away, a lot of not-so-good things to take away, but we did bring Leah back on the show, so that should be a lot of fun. And we got Tyler Stewart here, Blues E-Bug. Uh, and we're all mostly going to talk about Mike Hoffman, but also what we can expect uh, from the Blues later on this season and moving forward. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. You can follow me on Locker Room at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. We'll be going live from time to time. You guys can hop in there, talk to us, ask us questions directly, uh, and we'll answer them live right there. So it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, getting down into the nitty gritty, uh, Leah. I know, I just seeing your tweets pop off on the timeline, uh, you're very adamant about Mike Hoffman getting more playing time. He had two goals and assist on the night. Uh, Blues had three goals, so he had his hand in each and every one of them. Uh, what makes you think that Mike Hoffman's lack of ice time uh, is, is holding this team back? Oh, all right, let me get started on this. I have been screaming from the rooftops about Mike Hoffman for months ever since we got him why is he not on the top power play unit why is he getting less ice time you see him generating these chances you see him popping off those goals two tonight hello I don't understand it and honestly nothing against uh nothing against Zach Sanford here but every time that he's on the line with Zach Sanford nothing ever generates he gets off the line from Zach Sanford, Mike Hoffman is scoring goals. Mike Hoffman is generating those chances, etc. And that is my that is my thought on that. Stu, how do you think Craig Burby's handled <laughs> Mike Hoffman this season? Uh, pretty bad. Uh, my my biggest gripe is just I mean I don't know what the stats are. I, I saw him before the season. Like he has the most goals I can't remember over like the last few years of like like top five or something like that. I can't remember like what the exact stat is, but. I like I just tweeted like an hour ago. He literally is a lefty version of Stamkos and Ovechkin from that spot. He could literally you could lock him in cement right there, and he would be scoring goals standing still. And like to score from that far Close away, his eyes. NH- yeah, yeah, and scoring that far away from NHL goalies is so hard to do. And I've been saying for the last like I don't even know how many years since we lost Kevin Shattenkirk. And honestly, before Kevin Shattenkirk, you could literally go back to Scott Young to Brett Hall. That's how hard it's been to find a guy that can take a one timer for this team. And I've been saying for years, it's like, if you don't get the goalie moving left to right, right to left, whatever, if you let them get still, these NHL goalies are going to stop everything. And, like, I love Laddie and Perron's shots. They have great shots. But when they're catching and dusting them off and shooting them, it gives the goalie time to get set. And, like, you have to make the perfect shot. you got to get a screen, whatever. Where, like, Hoffman can rip a bomb from 40 feet away and it still somehow finds its way in the net. Like, I mean, I just don't understand why we haven't utilized it, especially with how much we struggled scoring this year. That's the craziest part about it to me. It's just very frustrating because this team, like some, I feel like they have to fight tooth and nail sometimes for their goals. Even when they won the Stanley Cup, I mean, that team had to fight for their goals. It wasn't just like it was always grinding and whatever. And it's, it says something to score an easy goal in the NHL. There's not many guys that can do it, and he's one of them. 
Yeah, I think especially in a game like tonight, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast, uh, but where the Blues had seemingly so many scoring chances and so many two-on-ones that just ended up not going in. Scandella had one uh, that didn't end up in the back of the net. I think Schwartz and Bozak, all of those guys uh, just seemed like they're snake-bitten to some degree. And so having a guy like like you said, like Mike like Mike Hoffman in there uh, that can score not only from his one-timer spot, but it seems like he scores from distance consistently too. Uh, and his shooting percentage, like you alluded to, is always up there in like 15%, which is like elite categories uh, in the NHL. So I think, especially, like I said, especially in a game like tonight, where it seems like no one can even hit the net, much less find the back of the net, having a guy like Mike Hoffman on the ice is essential. Um and really, it's it's an added aspect to this team that we haven't had in a while uh, because a lot of times so many guys on our team are catered towards that puck cycling style of play because they've all bought into Craig Berube's uh, system. Mike Hoffman's not really there yet. He's still kind of his own player, creative and it, like individual-wise. Um, but yeah, that's essential for this team's success uh, is to be able to realize when Mike Hoffman's having a good game or he's exploiting the weaknesses of the other team uh, and the cycling pucks and all that stuff isn't just doing it. Like I said, we have a lot of the same type of players that grind. Not everyone's going to be Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen. You know, you, you can have guys like Vladdy and Hoffman and what Kairou to some degree where they're, they're more, you know, leaning towards skill. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be the Selkie winners. I mean, no one – I don't know anybody in St. Louis that thought when we signed Mike Hoffman he was going to be some sort of, like, defensive juggernaut. I mean, it is what it is. But the guy pots 30 goals a year. It's just – it's really sad to me. It's just because, yeah, we had some bad injuries and stuff, but it really sucks that you almost think, like, how many goals could we have had if we would have just utilized, utilized him a little bit more correctly, in my opinion. But I know a lot of bluesers online, I like to call them, they get all fired up and they get mad and they, you know, if I, I put out like one or two tweets once in a blue moon and I say something to Hoffman, they're like, you're an idiot. He sucks defensively. It's like, are you just reading like media excerpts or are you actually like, you know, watching the games? Cause like I get it, but like, do you also see what else he's doing? Like, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it's like beating a dead horse at this point. Hopefully tonight people actually saw it too, because tonight was very evident. He got three points again. I mean, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. And I think, uh, I think Lee and I have talked about this before, but uh, that kind of circles back to the conversation of like analytics versus the eye test because it's so many people live and die by the analytics and say like Mike Hoffman is a terrible player by the analytics, but then he goes out and has a game like this and like I'm sure his analytics look bad this game too, but the fact that he's putting three points on the board uh, and really is one of the only players that's keeping your game in contention against a team that's projected to win uh, if not just compete for the Stanley Cup, but win the entire thing. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said for that. And even if the analytics look bad on paper, if you look at the eye test and he's jumping off the ice at you and he's doing all the right things, I don't see how you can just say he's a bad player just because what mathematics say. Leah, what do you think? Leah, what do you think about analytics, Leah? I, I'm not one to pay attention to analytics as much as just me watching the game because it's just not what I do but I mean just like you said before just watching him play watching him generate these plays you can tell that he's a good player he we did not get him to be an all-star we got him to be a power play guy but we don't use him as a power play guy why isn't he on the first power play unit working the point with Krug that would be perfect you see Krug buzzing too he can set him up I mean what's going on here 
I thought Krug played fantastic tonight too. I think he rang that they rang that backhander off the pipe. Oh, it was nasty. Yeah. yeah. I I think I, I wish I was just gonna I was just gonna say like I wish Krug Krug I wish they would have like even with Krug this year they haven't utilized him as much as I feel like they could. Like I feel like he, in Boston the dude used to rip bombs. That's I mean, what yeah he, he shot so much and I feel like he and we like saw here, that he more hasn't. tonight. Yeah. But yeah this yeah, season it's, it's he hasn't been shooting at all. And like I don't know, I, everyone's like, "Well, it's like Justin Falk next year; he'll be better." And I'm like, right. "I mean, I get it, but it, this is—I'm not asking." Like the thing with Falk was his defense; it wasn't his offense. Like he didn't really—he never was put in a role last year where he could be good offensively. Like this year, it's like Krug though is in offensive roles, and like that's the one thing. Like I feel like he should be succeeding in, and he hasn't been. And it's—I mean, yeah, you're gonna pick up assists. You're playing with the best players on the team. You're gonna pick up secondary assists. I mean, like. Even I can tap a puck here and there to Ryan O'Reilly or something. I mean, crap. It's like, you know, it's it, – it, but it's – I don't know. It, it hasn't been a, as advertised in my opinion, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully they realize this after this game. All right. That's good stuff from Leah and Stewie there. But I, like I said at the top of the episode, I do want to remind you guys, once again, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Now, Locker Room is the first social audio platform – made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and the NHL. I'm on there, Josh is on there. And we'll be going live from time to time. Uh, you can hop in, talk directly to us. You can raise your hand. We can even include your audio. Uh, and they send the file straight to our email. So sometimes we do include those in the episode. So if you want to be on an episode, getting in the locker room is a good way to do that. So go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, or the NHL group to the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Blues room is live. So download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Now, Locker Room's changing the way we talk about sports. Built Bar is changing the way we train for them because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and the improved built bar is even delicious sir because they have 18 amazing flavors with six new ones caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp and they're great for the health conscious person guy or gal you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they're great for a keto diet now last time we talked about their my favorite flavor peanut butter so this time we're going to talk about cookies and cream because it has 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and it tastes just like an oreo it's amazing so go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com the best tasting protein bar you've ever had yeah, I agree. I think he's he definitely has the time to figure it out, though, with that contract. But uh, I think one guy that a lot of people, like, you talk about not as advertised. Colton Pareko definitely wasn't as advertised at, begin, at the beginning of the season, mostly because of the injury that he was dealing with. 
and then coming back now, I think especially this game, noticing his presence and uh, that stride that he had, and people call him like a gazelle or like just a long, powerful stride. I feel like we hadn't seen that in such a long time, and I really noticed it to the noticed it tonight. And that slap shot, I mean, uh, we saw it I think once before after he came back from his injury, but it went way wide or way high or something. But uh, seeing that actually go back on net and hit the goalie in the face, essentially, uh, that's very promising, in my opinion, for the Blues run moving forward. And I think I fired off a tweet a while ago that said, like, this team will be fine once Colton Pareko gets back. And a lot of people called me crazy and said I was stupid. But I really do think he, uh, his presence back there has really turned around uh, the defense for a full 180 because, I mean, him paired up with Wallman back there, uh, and I know Wallman probably didn't have the best game of his career tonight, but the past couple of games or so, he's looked really good, and I think having Colton Pareko to rely on back there with him uh, is a big part of that. What do you think, Leah? I agree. I was going to say something about uh, the defense, and uh, you could see it in that first period. They were all in. They were all over, and we finally had that net front presence for a while until the second period hit, but I could really see it. We, I've been, we talk about this all the time with the net front presence, how we've been missing it. I finally saw it. It was there. And finally getting those chances generated, finally getting all over them. That's the way you got to play against, against the Colorado avalanche. I mean, there's really no other way. You can't sit back like you did in the second period and just let that happen. You got to be all over them. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot of time the goals, especially against a team like the Avalanche, the goals aren't always going to be pretty, and like some of them were tonight. But those little two on ones and stuff, like, and I think it was Jordan Cairo that went in on goal like all alone and tried to go behind the net and then cut back in front of the net. It just seems like a lot of guys were doing, uh, almost doing too much and trying to make like the perfect play instead of just firing pucks on net, uh, with traffic in front and getting those gritty goals, especially against a goalie like Devin Dubnik because I feel like we played against him so well this season I forget what the stats were but um he's not by any stretch of the imagination like a Grubauer level goalie so the Blues lucked out in that regard they lucked out in the fact they didn't have to play uh Minnesota what was it Monday night so they had a little longer of a break um so for them to not take advantage of this game is a little concerning a little depressing more than anything um but i i do think there was a lot of good to take away and uh going toe to toe i mean obviously the last 3 games we've gone up against the avalanche we've only lost by one goal um and you can be like oh we've lost all of those games or it can be like well a lot of those games we were hanging with them the entire game um so i think it's unfair to say that the blues going into the playoffs if they do make that four spot uh, we'll just have absolutely no chance against anyone that they go up against because they've proven that, I mean, a one-goal game, especially with the officiating tonight, which we can talk about that too, but um, a one-goal game, I mean, uh, the puck bounces a couple different ways and that could very easily be 4-3 Blues win. So, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about this season going forward? Do you think the Blues make noise in the playoffs? If they go up against the Avalanche, do you think uh, their their game increases or do we see the same kind of... Uh, just not good enough and lose them by one for four games and get swept in the first round? Mm, I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm not too worried. Arizona's pretty crappy. We honestly gift wrapped them like that, what was it, eight game losing streak, nine game win the streak, whatever it was. 
Like that. That's the only reason why they caught up. I mean, they lost I, five I in a row now, beat. though, haven't they? Something like that. Oh uh, yeah, they're a disaster. Saturday's game's still big though, because you can honestly bury them on Saturday. Right. And I don't. I don't know how the Blues don't get up. I mean, that'll be the biggest crowd they play in front of all season, probably. They have fifty percent, I think, capacity. They're letting in down there. So my brother's going to the game out there. So he, I'm excited for uh, that game on Saturday. I think if they don't win that game, like I don't know, it it, it could. Who knows? Like that, I feel like that's a big just momentum game in general, even if we are up on them in points right now. But I don't know. I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm not sure about how they'll do against – like I said, if you just fine-tune some things against the Avalanche, like like I said, if you just put Hoffman on the number one unit, you know, you start clicking on the power play. Like special teams can win you a series, literally. It's amazing we won the Stanley Cup with the worst power play in like almost NHL history. It's honestly astonishing. And – the thing with the decor I'm a little bit worried about is I feel like we have a little bit of too much the same thing, but they're not going to fix that at this point. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, deadline's passed now, but I feel like you have a lot of redundancy with Dunn, uh, Krug, and Wallman just because, you know, the way they all play, they all play pretty similar. They're all pretty small. Wally's obviously a little bit bigger than Dunner and um, Krug, but I don't know. I still feel like I, re- I really wish they would have added some sort of, like, toughness or, you know, physicality on the deadline, but it, it is what it is. It's like I said, it's past maybe in the off season. They will, but yeah, I don't know. I think they'll be fine though. If you, I, we didn't get to talk to you about the deadline, but if you had, a, if you had to have picked one defenseman at the deadline, uh, out of all of those big gritty guys that were available, Alexiak, Zadorov, uh, what have yeah. you, who would, Hack and Pa, who would you have, who would you have gone after and why? Um, all of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I would I would have loved to have Alexiak. I think Alexiak is the move in the offseason. I really do. I would. I don't know what they need to do to get him here or whatever, but I mean, he's a UFA. I maybe mean, that's why Doug was gun shy with it because he didn't want to like sign him and somehow he just walks. I guess mm-hmm. or bring him in. Doug's not big on the rentals. I can't remember the last time we had a rental. I really can't. Like besides Ryan Miller, maybe. Yeah. I guess. And I let's be honest, they would have signed Ryan Miller if they would have won a series or two. I mean, they were they were fine with signing Miller. It was just that was just a disaster. Yeah. And um, other than that, I can't remember the last rental per se. I mean, we had, honestly. I, I don't consider Delzado a rental. He barely played. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think Alexiak, Zadorov, I don't think the Blackhawks would have traded him to us just because it's the Blackhawks, but you never know. And obviously, like the one that everyone clamors over, but I think would have cost a, a decent amount was Josh Manson, but I don't think we were going to get Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I want Alexiak though. Yeah, uh, Alexiak would have been nasty. Leah, do you think you think this team has a Stanley Cup playoff run in them, or do you think they're they're like a one and done, like against I Vancouver? Think, I think they can make it. I mean, if as long as they make it, anything can happen. That's the thing about playoff hockey; you never know. Right, and that's what happened in nineteen. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You look at you look at you look at like all that stuff. Like I'm be honest with you, Winnipeg was the scariest team I thought we played. Besides Boston, I, I guess. Loaded. I don't know. Winnipeg really scared me. I, I mean, we were down. I mean, we were done. Game five. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that was the type of game in years past against the Kings, the Blackhawks, you name it. We, we just pack it in on the road. We're down 2 nothing. going in the third. We're going to go off and lose game five and then lose game six back here, and it's over. You know what I mean? But that team was different, and they just – they always found a way just to, like, I don't know, like, what was in that, that room, but they were – that was just a special team. It, that year in general was just crazy with, you know – with like the Raptors winning the NBA title mm-hmm. and then you got the, the nationals, all these teams that just like, you ever like watch like championships, everything has to go like perfectly. Yeah. And then there's like, they always overcome something, you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. team overcame so many obstacles throughout the playoffs. And I don't know. That's where I like, we'll have to see like this team. I mean, you'll see it quickly in that series against Colorado. I'm assuming that's who we're going to play. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Who Unless I, we I catch like Minnesota, honestly, we've yeah, got enough I games. Mean, we against, have a lot of games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know what to make. Like, I don't know who I'd rather play, Vegas. Like, Vegas scares me more than Colorado. I, I, honestly, yeah. God, I know Colorado's fast, and they run around. And Mark Stone and just massacres us every game. Every time, well, every just, time. They play, like, a playoff style. They can play any way you want. They can play, like, skill. They can play fast. They can play physical. Like, that's what scares me. And they have, like, two good goals. Like, I'm I'm not – I'm still not sold on group. I'm not I know either. he's a starter, but I just – Give me in a playoff series with the Avs, and the thing is, the style of playoff hockey changes. It's not you can't play run and gun like that. You and don't kid yourself. Like the Blues, everyone is bitching and moaning about they're not hitting, and I, I, I mean, I am too to be honest. But it's just like it's it sucks that they're not hitting like they they did in nineteen. But you, I feel like you can't do that during the regular season right. every game. You'll, you'll kill yourself. But like, mate, I'm praying that they flip on a switch in the playoffs and they start. You start seeing Sammy Blay. Barbie and all these guys start wrecking people again because that's how we won. We wore teams down and we played good defense, but it'll be a different type of like win if they go deep this year. I mean, I, I don't know why like, people think I'm like an idiot when I say I, I still think the team can go deep. I, I mean, I'm obviously I'm like, you know, I'm partial and stuff, but at the same time, like I just, they have the pieces. I mean, like what's so different from this team? I mean, obviously our boy out in Vegas, but still, I still think they can, it's a different type of style, but they can overcome. They have more skill up front. I mean, do you really think this team doesn't have more skill up front than the 19 team? I don't know. I think they do. Now, unfortunately, the Blues did lose tonight against the Colorado Avalanche 4-3, to so that might change their Stanley Cup chances just a little bit. Might change the odds a little bit. But if you still like the Blues' odds to win the Stanley Cup and you want to put some money down on it, you got to go to betonline.ag because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL, and the MLB are still in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can find. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With the promo code locked on, that's fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo the promo code locked on on betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts will be right back to the podcast right after a word from our sponsors. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the season. It was like, well, if you're gonna lose. Alex Petrangelo, you're definitely going to have to upgrade the offense to kind of try to balance it out. And I think they did that with Tory Krug, and I think they did that with Mike Hoffman. It's just a matter of, like, figuring it out. But I think one thing that's a very big difference about uh, this team compared to the other one is the goaltending situ- situation, like you the said. The goaltending, I agree. I mean, unless they want to jump in right here. I my The goal, I don't know what to make of Billy. It's tough. I mean, it's his first year. It's like he lets in some crappy goals sometimes, and, he, you know, he played – he like he'll rebound and play good. I mean, he's definitely gotten better as the years gone on, but it's like that Colorado game. Like it's like he plays so good, and that's in a stinker. Last game plays so good, that's in a stinker. It's and they still win though, but it's just like those stinkers are just such backbreakers. You know what I mean? Like and Jake was notorious for that too, Alan. And like I, I love Jake. He was really good here. I'm glad he went out as a Cup winner. But like, let's be real. Everyone always bitches like, oh wow, we need Allen back or we need this back. I'm just like these are the same people that were running him out of town. And like he was, he had a million chances to be a starter here. I think people forget that. Like no one made us go to our four string goalie, Benner. Like that was all because of Jake, not 
you know, I mean that he had the chance. I mean, he was a starter at 19. People forget that. And I'm like, I'll never forget when I was up in Calgary before they went up to Christmas break when Chief took over and they had a picture of Benner and Jake in the back of a pickup truck because they were they were literally going from like one rink to another for practice and the, the comment section was just brutal. Like the take them out to the trash can, like they're terrible, like all this stuff. And it's like, but then four months later they're winning a Stanley Cup and Benner's a god here. You know what I mean? It's just like the, the thing that people just the same idiots that crapped on him are the same people that are clamoring from back. I, I like, I love Jake, but he needed to go because of the fact his contract was what it was. I mean, that's as simple as that. You can't have two goalies making $4 million. And obviously, as you saw, Benner's going to be making more money. So that's, that's just, you know, I still think they need a backup of some sort, but I don't know. I'm not a goalie expert. I'm just, this is, I'm a fan at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So it's like, what am I, what do I know? But, and I think with the expansion draft looming at the end of this season too, is like if you would have kept him, like you would have ran uh, the possibility that Seattle takes him or whatever, and then you end up getting nothing for him. And I don't think anybody wanted that. But Leah, I know you're a big Jake Allen fan. I think personally, I think that like a backup role for him because he was a starter for a while, and like obviously all the accolades he had there, like he did a lot for the team. But I really do think like he really thrived in that kind of 1B role uh, where he didn't have people breathing down his, ye- his neck yelling at him from the stands all the time uh, and a little less pressure off of him. So what do you see uh, in comparison to Jake Allen with Vili Huso? And then what do you see and like uh, with Jake Allen now that he's playing in Montreal? Honestly, people in Montreal love Jake. But the thing is, the, the team is not showing up in front of him. So losses keep happening. But I still see that positivity for Jake. With the, he didn't have that here. It was, we lose, Jake Allen's a net, it's all Jake. And we still see that with Ville Husso. It's just the same song and dance with the Blues fans. You get a goalie, let's in a soft goal, it's all the goalie's fault. The whole game is the goalie's fault. Another goalie comes in, let's in, let's in a goal. It doesn't even have to be soft. It could just be a normal goal. It's all the goalie's fault. We love him, we hate him. It's, it's just the same thing. I'm so used to it and I'm so tired of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. hundred percent. Jake, one thing too, with Jake, like if you guys notice, I don't know how much you've been watching them play too. Like she kind of said, they've they've been struggling up there playing for him. And it's like, and this is not a knock on him, but this is like another example of what I mean by like when he gets the ball by himself and he he doesn't have price there. It's like, then you start seeing more holes get exposed because he's having to play on a regular basis. Like his numbers have dropped a decent amount just in the last month and a half because he's had to, to be the guy you know what I mean and that's where like you guys said I mean he's he's best if you literally play like on a team where like it's like Carolina kind of how they're running like Mrazek and Nedeljkovic and they're running Reimer so they have like three goalies but he's in a best in a role where he's like he's literally doing like a timeshare type thing like we used to do with like Elliot and Halak and then Elliot and Jay you know it's like that's his type of thing like but the nowadays in the NHL it's at the end of the day once you get to the playoffs I mean no one does that you know what I mean you have to pick a guy and that's the problem and yeah like it always turned into yeah, Mark Andre Fleury getting like eighty five percent of the mm-hmm. starts. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of Jake. Like, when he becomes a starter, at times it's just like it's frustrating because you see all the skill level. You have the I think it's just like anything with like almost like baseball, like a closer. It's just I think it's just like the mental makeup sometimes isn't always the strongest or something. I don't know. I really don't. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, and kind of touching off that mental makeup comment you just brought out, to going back to the Blues in Colorado, uh, I feel like the last couple of games they've come out really strong in the first period, 
and then the second period shit just kind of falls off a cliff whether it be uh they just don't have the same intensity or they or the officiating like today uh frustrates them and then uh because i feel like in 2019 like whenever refs would be bad and the blues would get pissed they never really let it i mean some games it definitely did but there was a lot of times where they overcame the officiating and still managed to come away with the win and i feel like uh, tonight specifically, uh, that second period, a lot of stuff did not go their way in terms of officials and calls and all that stuff. I feel like that definitely could have been a reason why uh, their play was so lacking in the second period. It was terrible. And like, I don't want to blame, like I am not one to blame the whole thing on the refs, but it was a big problem in the second period. I mean, early whistle cost us a goal. Two seconds later, missed trip led to a breakaway. I mean, we also gave the Avalanche that space and time to generate these plays, but there's just a whole bunch of shit that went wrong in the second period. But at the end, when the third, end of the third, that was great. We went back to how we played in the first period. If we wouldn't have done that in the second, easily could have won that game. Easily. I agree. And I think that just... Yeah, and that just kind of touches on like what. Remember that press conference where Craig Ruby was like, "We're making a lot of mistakes right now, and they're going directly into the back of our net." And I feel like tonight was an example of the Blues making mistakes, but also still finishing out the game and trying to fight back even after those mistakes were made. And I feel like for the longest time, specifically in that seven-game losing streak, uh, this team was just not doing that at all. Like they go down two goals, three goals, hang their head, uh, start getting mad at the referees, get more. Uh, spend more attention on that than the actual game and uh, the effort and cycling pucks and all of those things. So uh, that was very promising for me to see tonight. What about you, Steve? Yeah, and part of it too, like what she was kind of saying is, I feel like when they played their game, they were they were right there with them, and that's what I mean by like if they can do that the full sixty in the playoffs consistently in a series with them, I think they can win the series. You know, the Blues have done it. That's the thing. They've won. A, they've won the cup. I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to like go off of anything further than just a few years ago, and it, it still doesn't even feel like it was that long ago because it's like we, I feel like last year like never even like happened kind of thing, and this year feels weird as it, you know what I mean. Like this is a weird year too, so it's like you know a lot of the core is the same too. It's when the Blues want to play run and gun though with them, they're going to get killed. That's the thing you cannot play run and gun with them. You have to grind them. I don't know if you guys are like you know listen to the announcers. I mean, and Pierre's like goofy and all, but he makes good points. I mean, he's he's not he's not completely stupid like a lot of people think he is. It's like. You know, he sits there and says stuff like, well, you know, when when they have that first line out there, you know, the Blues are doing a good job of grinding them in their, you know, they're hemming them in their own, their own zone, so McKinnon and them can't do anything. And it's like, that's what they need to do. I mean, that's the Blues, like, style. And if, you know, until Craig Ruby's not the coach anymore or they get a whole new kind of player personnel, it's you got to play that way. That's just the way it is. That's the that's what works for them is grinding and forward-checking. And it's, it's, it's not the prettiest hockey, you know, but it, it works. And, like, that's what they have to do. All right, I want to thank Leah and Stewie for coming on today and talking a little bit about Mike Hoffman, Colorado Avalanche, and the St. Louis Blues and the rest of the season. Uh, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 1215. You can follow Leah on Twitter at LeahCK55. You can follow Stewie on Twitter at tstewart underscore 92 and you can also follow him on twitch if you love watching nhl 21 gameplay he's one of the best in the biz to do it you can follow him on twitch at daddy padre
Hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and as always, let's go Blues.